Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Coming to you live and three minutes late. It is the Believe in the Southside, boys. I am Steve-O. You can find me on Twitter at Drunk Shy Sox Fan. And joining me, as always, and as always late, usually. That's correct, Steve. Um, how we doing? How we? G- it's opening day. I cannot fucking wait. But it is your boy Kerry. You can find me on Twitter at that baseball fan. But uh, because of Elon, now it is that base buy fan. So um, we're back to that. So yes, that ba- base buy fan. Shout yep. out to Elon Musk. Um, so we've got a uh, we've got some confusion here. First off, why did the show? start late today carrie can you that is entirely your fault steven but uh, it, it, okay. i think it's because you were late is it because it's ramadan carrie um yeah yeah i actually was it's actually was not ramadan the real reason i was uh, late is i was uh planning my quinceanera um so your quinceanera yeah oh. that's your quinceanera yeah oh okay that sounds I don't know how to come. I I, I don't know what to say to that. Okay. That would that would make a lot of things illegal that happen in our group chats. Um, so I asked Sean to dunk on you. He said that we're not going to dunk on you. Instead, we're going to dunk on Jordan Miller, um, which works. Yeah, I mean, I'm always down to dunk on uh, Jordan. Guys, uh, he's I love him, but I wanna I wanna hurt him. You know. Yeah, no, that's fair. Especially considering he's already dragging us in the comments that you know we post. Well, this is on me, actually. I post the podcast three days later to Spotify and Apple Podcasts usually. It's just more of an incentive for you to tune in and join us in the fucking comment section. Seriously, this is where it's at, people. If you listen to our podcast afterward, we appreciate you, but this is where it's at. This is a yeah. this is a live show. Um hundred percent. Fuck it, we're doing it live is kind of the the motto of our show yeah um gary we're white Sox baseball podcast let's talk some fucking white Sox baseball um sean kind of sums up my thoughts too even though my day is shorter tomorrow uh wish i didn't have to work tomorrow just stay home watch baseball all day is jose abreu going to hit a home run against the white Sox tomorrow at minute maid park or whatever it's called now I don't think it's going to be tomorrow, but it's going to happen this weekend. You know that. Oh, for, for sure. sure. Four like, game set. He's going to go yard at least once, right? Yeah, hundred percent. He has to, and you know, you'll you'll see on Twitter everybody saying like, you know, fuck you, Jose, and shit. And I'll be one of them. You know, and it's it's just funny how you know. I made a comment about Jose Abreu a few weeks ago, and people were messaging me like, "How could you do that?" You know, and I'm like. He's not on the team anymore, and homie never won shit for us. So, like, I love him. Don't get me wrong. Right. But, like, no, he left. You know, like. Right. Why? Let me ask I... you this. Do you think the team, the way they are constructed now, is better than the team and how they were constructed last year? I think in theory, yes. I mean, like, when you think about the outfield, right, you're taking mm-hmm. away – Gavin Sheets and Andrew Vaughn in the outfield. You're you're taking that equation out, and you're adding Ben Attendee, who's a good outfielder, and and um, you know Oscar Colas. They weren't scared to not bring him up, and he he's 
shown that he's kind of scary out there in some plays, but he's a better defender and you're taking Eloy out of the equation. So hopefully that means more health and, you know, you have a second baseman actually, you know, um, Josh Harrison wasn't bad, but I think Alessandros could be better. I think, yeah. I mean, it's weird to say, but, you know, I think defensively and like, you know, the, the little things, especially with Pedro Grafal instead of Tony, I think, I think yes. Absolutely. And a lot of this is contingent on the fact that the White Sox stay healthy, right? But if this lineup is healthy, it is constructed better. It really is. Andrew Benintendi is an upgrade to the corner outfield situation that we had last year that you already mentioned. Elvis Andres is basically a second shortstop playing at second base. Okay. Yep. And if he gives us even some of the offensive production that he gave us uh, at the end of the season last year, that's going to be fucking fantastic. And yeah, you know, it maybe, yes, instead of yelling at a Brayu, call the owner a cheap ass. We already know that, right? We've already been down this road so many times. Now, is it fair to say, and let's make this a Jose Abreu conversation. I wasn't even planning on going here today, but fuck it. Let's do it because that's what the comment section is going at right now. Was Jose Abreu's leadership vastly overrated, as our guy Jordan Miller is saying? Is he a traitor, like our guy Adam here is saying? Or as Gabe also says too, right? Um, Benedict Arnold, Jose Abreu. Um, should we, I'm not going to take it this far cause I hate throwing at players, but apparently Ozzy on the radio said, throw it high end inside four times, which I absolutely hate. Why? Imagine him as our manager. Like that would just be atrocious. Ugh. Literally. It's almost as bad as having Tony. It's like having an alive Tony. That's really what it is. If we had Ozzy as manager, what do you think about this, this narrative here about Jose Abreu Oh, vastly overrated leadership Oh, or like. Is he going to be missed? I I feel like leadership and stuff like that in the clubhouse is like overblown in my opinion. You know, I think that how do we know, you know, Jordan Miller for sure fucking doesn't know that I can tell you he does not know. I don't know. You don't know. The only player, the only thing you can go by is what the players say. Right. And and you don't know if it's even that genuine because of uh, what's up, Louie, because of, you know, they can't say, bad shit you know for pr reasons so mm-hmm. i don't know i i think you know having a guy like that and maybe with that language barrier may, might be harder if he was the leader but maybe tim anderson embraces that shit this year you know all the praise that he got for being in the clubhouse for the wbc team and mm-hmm. being a leader maybe he brings that into this team and it you know, shows in Pedro Falls that type of manager, not like Tony, that lets a guy like that kind of take control. Yeah, and it's going to be needed. Somebody's going to have to step up. And I think for the the guys who are on the field on a daily basis, it's got to be Tim. And for the guys who are in the bullpen slash are, are your pitchers, it's got, in my opinion, it's got to be Lucas Giolito, right? Yeah. He's yes. in a contract year. He's in a prove-it year. And he's been with the team longer than most of the rotation has. Yeah. Um, now, I here's what I got to say about Jose Abreu. First, obviously, the fact that you're not paying a 36-year-old $55 million over three years, especially if he, number one, even if he is 36 years old, as our guy Senor said here. Um, yeah, 36 in uh, quotation marks. Um, but that's one aspect of it. And maybe if you 
construct your roster differently or if you have a different owner, that's a different conversation, right? I will say this about Jose Abreu, okay? And people maybe ragging on him just up and leaving or maybe not bringing the clubhouse together like he should have. Here's one thing. Jose Abreu wasn't that... You can tell from the way he was in interviews and the way he was the way he carried himself on this team, he wasn't that guy that wasn't going, was going to be a big voice. Okay. He was a go out in the field and prove it kind of guy, which is fine. Yep. But once again, he was never going to speak up against Tony Larusa, right? He was never going to speak up and say anything bad about Frank Menachino, right? He'd said a little bit about the culture of the white Sox as a whole, but I think a lot of that, I mean, think about, and he never said it when he was here. It's easy to say it when you're outside right? He's never going to say it when he's here. Wilson Contreras did the same exact thing to the Cubs after he left the Cardinals, right? Um, so all that being said, I think the White Sox are going to miss that offensive production at first base, right? But Andrew Vaughn, right, is going to step in, right? He should be able to provide that. Oscar Colas should be decent, right? As long as we're not giving him, I, I think it's a good idea not to give him 500 550 plate appearances this year right he looked good um, in, in spring and he looked great in spring training right you're not going to be stressing gavin sheets to hit against righties all the time or lefties all the time this year which is a great thing for him um yeah i starting pitching being a weakness carrie do we do we agree I, with that take i usually like to agree with senor on a lot of things including the mayor race and um I think no, I do. Fuck that other motherfucker. Um, I think that starting pitching's gonna be a strength this year. I mean, you can't go off of what happened to Kopech yesterday, and Cease's looked a little rocky, but I think Cease is gonna be just fine. He's a top twenty pitcher. Giolito in a contract year, like you said, contract years they're real. They're real in any sport. You know, you got to get that money. And Lucas, this is the last year we have of Lucas, so I think we're going to get a good year. Lucas Lance looked good in the World Baseball Classic and was good in the second half of last year when he came back from injury. Uh-huh. And Kopech, I think, will be just fine. He's just got to find his groove. Remember, People got to remember that he might not be pitching well knots because he got a later start in, in, in spring training. Mm-hmm. So give him some time, right? That's why, he's, that's why he is projected to be the fifth starter. And Clevenger... He's been pitching like shit. I will yeah. say it, not just because he's a scumbag, but like it's very possible he gets DFA'd. Like I hope they take this. I hope they keep him on a much shorter leash than they did Larry Garcia last year. Let's just say that um, if he becomes an innings eater, and That's the rest of the guys be. are and the rest of the guys are fantastic, I'm cool with it. I'm cool with it. But the rest yeah. of the guys also have to be fantastic. Do I think Cease is going to be as good as he was last year? Strikeout numbers, sure. Maybe he keeps the walks down, but I also don't envision him having those kind of numbers, right? I mean, he he was an argument for Cy Young for most of the year. He's probably right? second in Cy Young. I think he was second in Cy Young. Yeah, he finished ago. second to Justin yeah. Verlander. And to be honest with you, yeah. if it's not a home, basically a household name like Justin Verlander, he might win the Cy Young. I mean, there was yeah, an and, argument to be made. And even if even if he's not the top two even if he's a top 15 pitcher that's still really exactly good. and and that's exactly. probably what his his floor is this year you know like he's he's probably still a top 15 20 pitcher but if he could be what he did last year then you're really cooking so for sure 
For sure. And I understand the argument that Lance Lynn can be hit or miss, but think about what we've seen over the last six months of his of his body of work here, right? He looked good in the World Baseball Classic. Mind you, they're technically exhibition games, but they're high-stakes exhibition games. Yeah, it's it's real. Those Nobody's real really games. treating them like exhibition games. Yeah. Um, and, and think about how he came back from injury last year. Once again, it all comes back down to health, right? And yeah. I would have loved a lot more depth in the rotation for sure. <laughs> um, but you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, and Lance Lynn is is your number three right now, I guess, right? Yeah. Um So it, that's good. if that's you're going to tell me he's your three, that's fine because he was what a top ten, top fifteen, top fifteen pitcher in the MLB two years ago. That's what people forget, right? You know, um, this this rotation was good two years ago without a good Dylan Cease, right? So like. Yeah. Once again, the Kopech thing. Okay. Think about the Michael Kopech that we got last year. The velocity was down with Kopech last year, even when he was good. He had a stretch of games. People forget Michael Kopech had a stretch of games where he was really, really good at the beginning of the year. Don't forget about uh, Sunday night baseball at Yankee Stadium where the lights are super bright and you got Michael Kopech going out there and making a fool out of the Yankees, out of the fucking Yankees, guys. A, a juggernaut of an offensive lineup, right? Yeah. So it, once again, if you want to bring up health, that's one thing. If you want to bring up velocity, I think that's a whole nother discussion because he's re-evolving himself. He's not a guy that's going to be pumping 100 all the time anymore. And that's good. That's good for him. He's learning to be a pitcher, not a thrower. Uh, Clevenger had to change his delivery. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think Clevenger might have to be a wash. I hope they keep him on a short leash. Um, if he throws 120 innings, that'd be fucking fantastic. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm looking yeah. at Kopech's year, right? His splits for his entire year last year. Guy was, his ERA was in like lower than three at one point for like the mm-hmm. first two and a half months. I mean, the guy was pitching well. I mean, yep. you know, yep. it's, but he's never done it at a, you know, a rate that he had to do it last year. And that's why they had to shut him down too. But like this year now he can f- maybe learn how to pace himself. So, yeah. um, you know, I, I think I, just to go back to what Senor said was, I think pitching is actually going to be, you know, one of the, one of the highlights of this team. That's fair. Now, if we're going to talk about, you know, strengths, obviously I, I want to bring up, what do you think, Steve, a question for you is, cause I can tell you right away, what's the white Sox weakness this year? What do I think you want to ask me what I think the White Sox weakness is this year? I mean, it's depth all around, okay? I mean, when you think about it right now, the White Sox are going to depend, not completely depend, but they are going to depend on Oscar Colas to give them good at-bats. I wish they weren't in the situation. And he could. He absolutely could. There is promise there. And he showed a lot in spring training. But think about championship teams of the past five years, they're not necessarily depending on a rookie bat to get them across the finish line. Okay. It's veterans that are holding it down. And then if somebody gets hurt, that rookie can step up and, and, and fill Besides the Astros last year with Pena. I mean, but no, I'm that's, but that's like the exception. You know, no, I think that's, that's, but that's my whole point though. Right. Oh, yeah, they let, yeah. At least they at least let Pena develop. They said, yeah, okay, yeah, we're going to yeah. let yeah, Correa so walk. Yeah. We're going to let Pena figure this thing out throughout the season. And the thing is, too, the Astros were so stacked, right? Like, when you've got a lineup that, that that's that stacked, if your catcher and your shortstop are your two worst hitters, then 
you're in a great fucking situation, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I think it, it comes down to depth, right? What if Yasmani Grandal goes down? What if Aloy Jimenez goes down? What if Tim Anderson goes down? Okay, then you're moving Andrews to shortstop, and then let's play Russian roulette at second base. Um, so it's depth. That is the biggest weakness for me is because see, over 162 games, nothing goes as planned, right? Nothing yeah. goes as planned. And think about 2005, right? The White Sox got a little bit lucky. Frank Thomas goes down early in the year and they fill his shoes with Carl Everett, right? Oh, and Carl, Carl. Hey, he was, he was serviceable. Yeah. He was serviceable. So that, that's my issue, right? If one of these key players goes down, who fills in? Yeah. And I, I, I agree with you. Depth's always been an issue with the White Sox. And that's why it's funny when like B-Flow posts that picture just saying like White Sox way, just stay healthy because it's so, it's so true. Uh, but what I was going to bring up as far as weakness this year is home runs. Are, are we sure this team's going to hit home runs again? I mean, they didn't hopefully, do it last year. Hopefully the plate approach, right? That, that's what I'm saying. Hope maybe with a different, you know, hitting coach and, you know, new manager, but like, Home runs were a problem last year for the White Sox. I don't even think a guy hit 20. I think it was like 19. Correct. And and you got rid of Jose Abreu and you supplemented him with Ben Attendi, who hit five, right? So, like, I know baseball numbers, home runs were down pretty much all last year, and pretty much they were down. But, like, that's my worry is are they going to hit home runs? Because that's such a vital part of this game now is, you know, hitting bombs and – you know, the lineup's deep. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm looking at the lineup, you know, projected lineup, and you got Grandal batting seventh, you know, Oscar Colas batting eighth, Andrews ninth, potentially. I mean, that's a deep lineup, but can they hit? Can can one guy hit, you know, those that 35 home runs you need? And, and exactly that's Eloy Jimenez, right? I mean, like, that's got to be the guy, him and him and Eloy Luis and Robert Vaughn. and Vaughn. And, and Vaughn. I would say those three guys need to be your. 25 to 35 home run guys, you know, Absolutely. with potentially Mancata having that every other year where he's good at, you know, doing that um, and, and potentially Grandal, but you know, Absolutely. That's just my problem. That's what I think might be their weaknesses, you know, it's, home runs. That's fair. I mean, you, you gotta hit the ball, go far team, go far. I mean, yeah. it's pretty simple in, in the games. I wish I had a stat to show this right now. I obviously should do more research for this podcast, but you know, I, I ain't nobody got time for that. Um, <laughs> It was very apparent where in games where the White Sox hit home runs, they did a lot better in games where they did not hit home runs. Okay. Um, and yes, Eloy is the big bopper potential guy. Absolutely. Eloy, if healthy, think about that year. Uh, was that his rookie year? It was his rookie year. Yeah, his first year. 2019, he goes out there, he plays in 131 games, right? That's it. 131 games, and he hit, still hit 31 bombs. Yeah. Okay. Say he played. Fingers crossed, right? He plays 140, and he's got just as much pop, right? Maybe he gets closer to 35 than he does 30, right, with the development that he's had and, and the pitches that he's seen and the experience that he's had. I would hope so. If Loy Jimenez leads this team in home runs, it's it's got to be a number that's closer to 30 to 35, yeah. not 20 like last year. And I really do think that getting Frank Menachino out of the mix is going to make a huge difference. Um, if we yeah. want to talk about strengths too, I love that Sean brought this up about our guy, Sean Jankowski here, um, brought this up about the 05 team. 
went through three closers in 2005. Uh, bonus points, Carrie, if you can name them. That's really easy. Shingo Takatu, Dustin Hermanson, and Bobby Jenks. That's Very good. Here. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> I forgot you were like almost an adult when that happened. Um, I had my license, bro. Yeah, that's true. That's about I'm, it. I'm jealous you got to go to the parade. Um, Skip school now, school. do you see a closer by committee situation for the White Sox this year? I mean, to start out, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, what choice do they have? I mean, unless one guy can solidify it, right? And and my hope is that's Raylo. I, I really think he can step into that closer role and, you know, high strikeout rate, low walks, no home runs last year. I mean, does he have the cojones for it, right? And it's it's different to be a closer. I, I, I truly believe that. Um so I think he might start. I know he's saying it's going to be a committee. I think he might stick with one guy for now, right? Because you want to have these relievers in their roles, right? I mean, you want to have, you know, Crochet and you want to have Bummer in that role. And, well, I don't even think Crochet is going to start with the team, but you want to have, you know, Bummer and, and Dickman, you know, in that role. And then, you know, those righties like Graveman and Kelly to help supplement that too. Um, but we all know when Liam comes back, it's it's his role. So. Yeah, no, 100%. And we got great news recently about Liam Hendricks. You know, yeah, obviously he's been he's been throwing bullpens and and they're saying that they're hoping for his return by the end of June. Yeah, they didn't even put him on the um the 60 day, which is like kind of crazy to me. Yeah. So. I mean, I would definitely do that. Um but that being said, I I'm fucking stoked about that because there was a I'm not sure if you saw that MLB came out with their top 10 uh bullpens. And think about what the White Sox have, <laughs> in regard to expenditures, um, used their resources up on bullpen. Um, and they were not in the top 10. Do you think the White Sox are a top 10 bullpen in the league? If healthy, they, I think they very well could be. You know, it, when you have Liam at closer, you have so many guys there that could be that setup guy. I mean, right. Raylo's a setup guy, potentially closer as, you know, Graveman showed that he can lock that position down. Joe Kelly didn't, he had bad luck last year. And I think Joe Kelly's going to be good this year. Crochet. I mean, mm-hmm. we all know what he's done. Aaron Bummer also has really bad luck, but he can do it. I mean, Sally, our, our boy, our, our boy Sal brought it up, but yep. Jose Ruiz looked fucking good in the world yep. baseball classic. So I'm not saying he's anything, and I I truly do want to. I want Jose Ruiz to be good because Jordan, you know, because of Jordan. But, um, you know, I I think what Senor said the 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 bullpen better be good. You know, if like Senor saying that the starters are going to be bad, so I don't know. I I think they could be a top ten bullpen when healthy. No, for sure. Right now, I would put them right at the cusp of that. You add Liam Hendricks to the mix. I mean, it's you best, had to think second best closer in baseball. Exactly right. I mean, he really is. Outside of Edwin Diaz, like this guy is is the yeah. shit. Um, there's a reason why he got paid what he did, and the White Sox said, "Hey, we're gonna go out and get this guy if he's available." Okay. Yeah. Um, regardless if Jerry was spending the money on other things or not, like if that guy's available, you go and get him. Right. Yeah. Um. Liam Hendricks is the fucking man. Um, and if he can be back uh, in this bullpen and dealing for the White Sox and closing out games, something to think about Liam Hendricks too is he's that guy that doesn't necessarily just want the ball in the ninth inning. He wants the ball 
in, if, if you're struggling in the eighth inning, he'll carry yeah. it into the ninth inning. So, and that's extremely important. And you don't find a lot of that in baseball. I will say this about Duran and about class a in our own division. Those are guys for the twins and for the guardians who are not going to take the ball in the eighth inning, most likely, right. Unless it's a dire situation. So that's the nice thing about Liam Hendricks. Um, it, it it's just built different. I, I that's really what it is. He's built yeah. different. Um, and I really hope Jordan's right. I hope Gregory Santos does prove me wrong. I was shit talking him on the Sons of Honarchy podcast. Um, and this dude just has not. He hasn't even shown it in the minors. Okay. Um, I do want to talk about Aaron Bummer. If we want to talk bullpen, let's talk Bummer for a second. And and defeated is a good way to to put it from our guy Sal here. Um, to say Bummer looks defeated, it's when he like just barely misses the strike zone and he doesn't get a call or when an error happens out in yeah. the field or like he's a dribbler to third, that's a hit. He's got to learn to just brush the dirt off his shoulder and get yeah. the next guy. And I know he's very unlucky in those situations. Yeah. And that's, that's something to think about when you're a ground ball pitcher, more likely than not, your ERA is just not going to reflect your FIP. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so that being said, I think bummer, I like his chance. I, I like his chances this year. I, I something's gonna pan out his way, right? And yeah. and I just don't see as many disasters happening, especially considering the field that's around right now. I mean, yes, you might want to argue that Jose Abreu is a better first baseman right now than Andrew Vaughn. Whatever, he's a bigger target, or he got better over time. Whatever, it's not really what matters. Up the middle, you've got basically two shortstops. You've got Tim who is questionable still. But then you got Elvis Andrus too, who's a better shortstop than Tim. Okay? Yeah. You're better defensively than you were last year to start the year um, and through most of the year. Um, once again, Moncada just continues to look like a sorcerer out in third base. Um, yeah. So I, I like the D. De- we're better defensively even in the outfield too. So, um, Well, then, you know... I say we wrap this up with, you know, what is your prediction? And then we can go into yeah predict. We, I, I want to go. I want to know what your prediction is. Your last prediction of your, of the record. And then we'll, we could talk about the matchup tomorrow because I actually have kind of a hot take. <laughs> kind of have a hot take. Um, That's hilarious from my guy, Ryan Ferrucci here in the comments. You do look like the host of the sons of Honarchy. I do. You're right. He's got yeah, but I don't look like that other bozo. So, I know, I know. You're about his, you're about his height. Um, he's just got. We both have nice hair. Yeah, I guess. Um, you want my last prediction before the season starts of the White Sox? Yes. Last I heard, our guy recovering prof, Jesus H. Straw Man. He put the said, under. He picked the under at eighty-two and a half. Okay, I think some books got it at eighty-three and a half. Some books have it at eighty-two. I'll take the over on both. I'll take the over on both. I think the White Sox, I'm going to be bold here. I'm going to say they're an 85-win team this year. 85 wins is my final. I think I was teetering on 84 for a while. I'm going to say they're an 85 and 7. What would it be? 85 and 77. 85 and 77. Don't hate on the baldness right here, too. I'm getting that in the comments section. The shine. Um that's going to be my final prediction for the season, Carrie, and then we'll uh, we'll hop into Astros White Sox yeah. talk after I yours. Mean, when you asked me, I think it was when we had Dan on. I said eighty-two, right? 
Yep. After seeing some of these guys in the World Baseball Classic and, you know, little things like getting rid of Leary, I know it's, like, not a big deal, but it is a fucking big deal, okay? He sucks, all right? And you take away that, and and you look at just, like, how the Sox actually played this year when you watch some of their spring training games. They looked a little bit more alert, you know? They did the little things. So I'm going to go with my guy, Senor, here. I put 50 bucks on the over on an 83 and a half. I said 82 before, but, you know, like I said, with all those factors, I'm going to go with like 88 to 90 wins. I think I think Ooh. they get back to where they were in I 21. Like People forget in 21 that this team won, what, 93, 94 games? And you have some contract years that are big years for guys like Lucas Giolito. And, you know, I mean – the defense is vastly, vastly improved now all over the diamond. I mean, it, it really is. Um, you're putting guys in natural positions, and it's not a, a clusterfuck of, of stupid shit. So I really think they can get to 88, 90 wins. So. Right, right, absolutely. You know, I, I think that's a fair comment here by my guy Ryan. Spring training should I'm not raise basing you by it off five of wins. One thing to consider is that this team had so many health issues last year. That's the year, thing. Right? Like everything went factors. wrong health wise. Yeah. Then everything on top that of that, wrong. you think about the coaching staff that's yes. completely turned the hitting over. Hitting coach. Exactly. Hitting coach as well as manager. And then on top of that, I think about the lineup construction, right? And I think about how personally, when you think about the way in which the field plays, it's just stronger. Yeah. You don't have complete incompetencies in the corner outfield unless they are starting a way out there. Please, for the love of God, don't start a way out in left field on opening day. DH him. Yeah. Um, and plus, his offensive production is going to go up. Then on top of that, I, I, despite what we say about Clevenger, right? Clevenger is better than what What the hell did we go into the last season with? That was Keuchel, right? Exactly. Dallas so, and Elvis Andrews, I'm sorry, but nobody's going to start as bad as Josh Harrison did those first like two and a half months. As the yeah, we all team. wanted him off the team. Yeah, everybody wanted Harrison off the team. Yeah. I don't think Andrews is like Andrews. People forget he's like he's a good fielder and his OP career OPS is under 100, but like he's been consistently decent. He's never gotten to where like Josh Harrison was batting like 100 with like one home, like just nothing. Absolutely yeah. nothing. Grandal started the year hurt. Lance Lynn started the year hurt. Yuan Moncada started the year hurt. I mean, like, you had all these factors. Keiko, that guy, was clearly a piece of shit in, in the, uh, you know. Sal mocking us here saying he was a leader. He was yeah, the leader but, He was the leader of the Napa Valley Grape Squad is what he was a yeah. part of. Yeah, I know he was. But like like you said, LaRusa, all these factors, and not just spring training, it's it's just all those factors in one. That dog is a, a cute little dog, I and this is I just think Bo. that's why they go up eighty-eight to ninety wins. Yeah, I mean, I think that's their ceiling. I think their ceiling is ninety. I think their floor is like it's eighty-one and eighty-one again, and we're all pissed off, right? Yeah, that's what Lance Lynn said too. They're like, you know, you guys are projected to be lat, uh, you know, um, you know, you guys are projected to be, you know. Less than 500, he said, well, that's good because we had a shitty team last year and we're better mm. this year, you know? Exactly, exactly. Here we go. Josh Harrison even rolled his eyes, apparently, when asked about the 2022 White Sox. 
that should I tell you everything. It's a complete it's a complete culture shift, okay? And I know you can't measure that with analytics and and stat cast and and the date the data the data era of baseball that we have today. However, it's still an important part of the game, right? Like players want to play for a team. Think about it. AJ Pollock turned down guaranteed money to not play for this team. Yeah. Because he hated last year that much. This year will be different. They're, they're, Pedro Grafal, people are singing his praises already. Let's fucking do this thing, okay? Let's do this thing. So, Kerry, Astros, four games coming up. How do you think the White Sox are going to fare? I think they're going to split. Um, I think I'm okay with that. For, people forget that they lost Justin Verlander. They've lost Jose Altuve for like the first like sec you know the first half of that season i mean i'm looking at their projected lineup now you have guys like david hensley Ch- Chaz mccormick jake myers and martin maldonado hitting these guys aren't aren't good hitters and the astros usually are even deeper right i mean you add like l2bay mm-hmm. to that you know i think michael brantley might be hurt yeah michael brantley's hurt yeah michael brantley's hurt so i mean I I think that they split. I mean, you have two lefties we're going to face, which the Sox historically do better, but I think that's different now this year. I mean, it's because they're not so fucking right-handed now with Colos, Grandal, Mancata, mm-hmm. Benatendi now. So, I mean, I think they split. I, 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 uh, I think they lose the first one and then take the middle two and then lose the last one. That's my okay. prediction. Okay. I like that. Um, Games wise, you know what? I'll go with a split as well. I think that's really optimistic, to be honest with you, because the Astros are still the defending world champions. Um, I know they don't have Jose Altuve. I know they don't have Justin Verlander anymore, but they still have Framber Valdez and Christian Javier and Luis Garcia. Um, yeah, I'll go. Game one, Houston. Game two, White Sox. Game three, Houston. Game four, White Sox. So it's going to go. It's going to go back and forth. Um, I just think the Sox beat Jose Urquidy in game three. I mean, he he's the one pitcher that like there's always question marks about. Fair, fair. Maybe it's like bookends too. Maybe the Astros take the first and the last, and the White Sox take the middle. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go two for four uh, in the opening series. If they don't take two for four, though. I, if, if they only get one, I think I have to just say it is what it is. And I hope it's because the Astros just outplayed us, not because we beat ourselves, you know? Exactly. Um, And that being said, though, if they lose three out of four in Houston, then you come back and you take care of business and you sweep the fucking Giants. San Francisco Giants because they are god-awful. Yeah. Look at that lineup. The best player on that team didn't even play last year. Yeah. Michael Conforto is probably the best player on that team. And he didn't. Yeah. You don't even know what he's going to do. Exactly. Exactly. What are they going to depend on Mitch Hanniger and Jock Peterson? Like, come on now. Fuck out of here. Peterson's a Jew. Yeah, I know. And then after San Francisco, you have Pittsburgh, Minnesota. So, I mean, like you could, you know, go. They got to beat bad teams, like beat bad teams this year. Please don't split with bad teams. Beat the ever loving piss out of them. Please. And thank you. Um, final thoughts, Carrie, as we, uh, wrap this thing up. No, I think this is a good episode. Just talking about this team and, you know, I mean, we're going to go back to our, you know, what we do during the season. 
which is what I think every like Wednesday and Sunday, I believe. So we'll go back to twice a week, which I'm excited for. Oh yeah. Um, and it's going to be nice to just talk, you know, talk about them the for the, for the full year with you. So I'm excited about that. And, you know, I think it's going to be less stress as far as like, are the socks in the, why are the white socks in the headlines? Oh shit. Our manager walked a guy again with a, like, you know, one and two count and, you know, bullshit like that, that Tony was, you know, that he had a pacemaker, like all this shit that came out. I just think that Grafal is going to be the guy that kind of like condenses that and makes it less. So I'm looking forward to this year. I think it's going to be less stressful and, you know, um, I'm optimistic I, and I don't, I don't know why. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. I think after last year and getting that taste of the playoffs back to back years, we were all, we were all like blindly optimistic, right. And really not taking into consideration how bad the roster construction was. Yes. So, Correct. and then all the injuries hit and we all like went into depression mode by the middle of summer. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> exactly. Let's just not go out there and look like jabronis. Um, that being said, I hope we don't get too many Pedro Grafal lineup tweets um, unless they're useless Jay Kuda stats. I'm very much looking forward to those. <laughs> um, but yeah, that being said, I'm, I'm optimistic for this White Sox team. I will be disappointed if they don't make the playoffs, as we should be, because this is our quote-unquote window, according to our genius GM, Rakan. Um, so if they don't make the playoffs, I mean, I'll be disappointed. But that being said, I obviously have been left with the taste of last year in my mouth and it can't get much worse, right? There's no way it gets worse. Put me on record. There's no way it gets worse. All right. On that note, we're signing off and uh, we'll see you in the middle of what, what, what day is it this week? Actually? We'll, we'll see you on, on Sunday. the weekend. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. yeah. We'll see, see you on, on Sunday. Sunday. Have a good one. Everybody. Peace. Support the troops. Huck. Thank you for your service. Huck. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.